Let's turn to the book of Luke, chapter 24, and verse um, one, one verse. We'll just read, and um, um, we will finish in time, but we will continue the subject uh, another time. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to, to the ground. But the men said to them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told these things to the eleven and to the others. It was Mary Madeline, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. Verse 11. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Sorry, women, no offense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over. He, he saw the, the strips and the linen uh, lying them, th- themselves and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Verse 13. Now that the same day, two of them went going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talking and discussing these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopa asked him, "Are you the only a visitor to Are you the only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know these things had happened there in these days?" What things? He asked about Jesus of Nazareth. He they replied, "He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people." The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who had been, who, who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. He said to some, said to them, how foolish you are and 
how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Their eyes were opened, uh, were opened and, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their side. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Let's close our eyes and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you for this morning. We ask for your presence. Lord, this is your scripture, God. Only you can open it. Only you can reveal the truth, God. Lord, would you please come and help us to understand the scripture. Through that, we can love you more. We can serve you more. We can worship you more. And we can know that you are God of everything. We ask for your presence, God. I ask for your grace to preach and to present this, this word. Lord Jesus, uh, to communicate well and use the right word, God. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's a long reading, I know. I don't read everything. I was planning to read <laughs> till the end of the chapter. But you can read when you go home because uh, then only you will understand the context. This is very dramatic uh, uh, scripture, especially after the death and crucifixion and the death and the resurrection, um, after this, this is, these things happening, the very day, I think it's happening on Sunday, the Easter Sunday, this is happening. Resurrection is the key subject in this whole chapter. An eventful day, not only that, an eventful week. Monday was, people were singing, Hosanna, and he's coming to, uh, he's coming to the city, and lots of things happening. Then he was arrested, people thinking some sort of miraculous uh, things are going to happen in the life of Jesus. He's going to be the king, he's going to rule over all, all, all circumstances, and he's going to bring the Roman Empire down, and he's going to be the king. But things change change here and there. You know, he was got arrested. They were thinking, wait a minute. The, this, it's not it. It's not it. It's going to happen. Then he was, uh, he was brutally uh, persecuted. You know, just like he was, he faced a lot of things uh, 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 from the Roman Empire. They were thinking, okay, it's just, it's just pretending. He's just allowing himself to do the happen. But there will be a moment he will do something miraculous. But nothing happened. He was arrested. Then they sentenced him to death. He, they decided to crucify him. Okay, they thought, the disciples thought, all the friends thought, mm, this is the moment he's going to do a miracle. But he was crucified in between the two uh, uh, thieves. And they were waiting. What's going to happen? He received provoking comments from the people. that, Oh, if you are the king of Jews, if you are the son of God, come down. 
Then say, yes, this is the moment. He's going to show the demonstration of his glory and his power. But nothing happened. What happened? He died on the cross. Everything gone in the wrong direction according to his friends and disciples. And some of them took the body and buried. And everyone is scared. Hiding. Because Roman soldiers were looking for the followers of Jesus. You said he's going to do something great. He said, destroy this temple. I'm going to build this within three days. On the third day, I'm going to build it back. Okay. Where, where are you guys? They were hiding. Scared. Fearful. And they were, they, they don't want to face anything, you know. It, that's the circumstance. On the third day, they're waiting. Okay, first day is gone. Second day is gone. On the third day, some of the people thought, let's go. Because on the Sabbath, you are not supposed to do anything. But this third day, some of the women took to the tomb with spices. Going with spices means they were, ex- they were not expecting a resurrected king. <laughs> they were just expecting a dead body. <laughs> just, just to put, you know, like you go to the cemetery and put some flowers. Uh, because you, you you know that the body is there. You can show some gratitude or some love there through giving that. In in Eastern culture, they do give spices, you know, just put that one to, uh, to keep it longer and to make it nice, you know, showing their love. The women, they went early in the morning with the spices, expecting the dead body, not the resurrected Christ. That's the theme. On the first day of the week, early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared. That means they already prepared. <laughs> they were they were ready to receive a dead body. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. When they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Oh, wait a minute! What happened? The body is missing now. Hopefully, they had a good discussion there. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes, they gleamed like lightning, stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their face. Some of the translations bowed down and worshipped, but actually, um, most of the, um, the translations didn't say worshipped. Actually, that, that was not Jesus, it was just angels. Because of the fear, they just fell down. What's going on? They already had enough. Now, something a spectacular things happening. Lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? In message, it's translated very wonderfully. The men said, Why are you looking for the living on in a cemetery? Are you looking for someone here? Are you looking for a dead body? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered into the hands of the sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. So they were, these men were directing their attention to the scripture This is not an accident. This is not a random thing. We are quite surprised your presence here this morning. But anyway, we are here to remind you, this is not an accident. 
He raised from the dead. This is not the place you're not supposed to look. Jesus already told them, I will be ahead of you in Galilee. You know, you should wait there, you not here. I'll meet you there. But they are still waiting here. Then they remembered his word. I don't know whether they believed or not. It's a panicking morning. When they came back from the tomb, I was reading um, uh, the um, the Jesus story Bible. It's hilarious, you know. This uh, uh, the way they presented there, you know, just like uh, Mary Magdalene was running, her feet was on the on, on uh, 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 she was struggling to run, she was flying, and you know, just because excitement. <laughs> I will read some of this one, you know. <laughs> I think it's, it's wonderful, you know. It's quite you can uh, see the. The excitement, they were running, is risen. They were expecting some sort of warm welcome from the apostles. You know, yes, ladies, you are bringing the good news. Unfortunately, they didn't receive that one. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, the other with them uh, who told his apostles, but they did not believe the women because their word seems to them in like nonsense. Yes, we can understand that you, maybe you were quite overexcited. Women can be overexcited sometimes, you know that. Oh men, come on, kiss, support me, you know. <laughs> you know, they, they, they can be emotionally, you know, you know, just like, you know, just like, uh, sometimes I think, what's Catherine, what are you doing, you know, so, what's exciting there? It's just, is there, you know, they're coming, you know, kind of things. Uh, they thought, they were, they maybe, it's kind of hallucination or overexcitement or something. They had some dream because they were thinking about Jesus, 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 Jesus. And, uh, um, you know, then if you're thinking about Jesus, 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 they thought this is Jesus and something happened to them. It's completely nonsense. Anyway, Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over. He went there and said, what is actually happening? And he, he took the, he, he, he's wondering what happened. That's one incident happening. The other side, these two men, now the same day, two of them were going from a village called Emmaus. So they were with them at the time of this conversation. When the women came to communicate this message to these people, disciples and apostles, these two men were there, Cleopas and the other two men were there. They heard this one. They had a conversation with them. Oh, they heard them. So, But they decided to leave Jerusalem and they are going back to the town called Emmaus, their hometown. This is one of my favorite uh, passages in the, uh, the book of Luke. About seven miles from Jerusalem, they were talking with each other. Everything had happened. They are talking each other. And they were discussing, is it really Jesus? Uh, 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 is it really Jesus resurrected? Or is it, uh, is it something they were confused about some, uh, something? That, uh, can we believe that woman? Yes, we can believe that woman because she was quite close to Jesus. And uh, no, 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 that's the problem. You know, she was too close to Jesus. So she can be, uh, they were talking and discussing lots of things, you know. Uh, they were talking each other. Everything had happened. As they're talking and discussing these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they kept from recognizing them. There is a conversation starting. What are you discussing together as you were talking along? That's the first question Jesus is asking. Guys, what are you talking about? 
I can hear you have a conversation to each other, something, something serious. Can I join? It will be an offensive thing in this culture. You won't let anyone to, you know, so for example, you are uh, talking in a cafe and you are having a, a, a very interesting conversation. Can you let anyone to end, interrupt, you know, a, a stranger to ask, hey guys, what are you talking about? Unless it's weather or football. You won't let anyone. It is rude in this culture. But in Eastern culture, it's okay, it's possible, it, it's allowed. You can interrupt. For example, you can discipline any kid in the street. That's, that's a Eastern culture or Asian culture. Recently, I was driving from uh, Pittsmore to our house. Then um, there was a, a lad, uh, like a, a child, maybe uh, six or seven years old. He was not using the pedestal crossing. And he was uh, standing like this to, you know, to run. I felt it's quite safe to cross. I stopped there, opened my window. Who is your father and mother? Then he said, don't tell my father and mother. Don't tell my father and mother. Don't tell my father and mother. I will cross. Now he walked there and pressed the pedestrian crossing and he crossed it, you know. He said, thank you, not telling my father and mother, you know. (laughs) It's possible, you know. In this culture, I will be in trouble, you know. (laughs) How dare you correct my son, you know. Who are you to talk to my son? You know, we know how to discipline. It's very, you can, you can, you can involve in other people's business, you know. It's, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but anyway, Jesus was uh, involving in something, something. Well, what was this thing? They stood still with their faces downcast. That means they were sad. One of them named Cleopa asked him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things have happened there in these days. It is impossible. They can't believe someone. He looks like, in, like a Jew. He talked like a Jew. His accent is Jewish. And he, he's using the Jewish kind of language. He is a Jew. It is impossible for him to miss this event happened in the history. Romans involved. Greeks involved. Jewish people involved. High priests involved. There's a group of people called disciples and apostles. Everyone involved. It's a something bigger event. It's like after World Trade Center attack, you're standing there and asking, what happened here? After 9-11 bombing in, in London, you know, it's a big news. Everyone is covering. The, the papers are full of this news. And uh, you, you are... What, what happened here? The same way, responding. Uh, how can you miss this one? This is not a small incident. This is something big happened. But Jesus responds. What things? He asked about Jesus of Nazareth. They replied. He was a prophet. Powerful in words and deeds before God and all the people. He was not like the high priest. He just sit there and talk. Nothing happened. No miracles, no mondays, injustice, kind of things. But this man, Jesus of Nazareth, he was very, very different from other people. He, he was powerful in his words and deeds. 
He healed the sick. He raised the dead. And he, he talked very harshly to the injustice. And he, he was very compassionate to women. He was very compassionate to us. He sat with us. He ate with us. He was wonderful. And he was, he was special. He was something different. We never seen this before. But when we were seeing him, we thought, this is the person. This is the Messiah. He was like that. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to the uh, to sentence to the death. They are supposed to recognize this Messiah. They are supposed to recognize Jesus. Because that's in the scripture. They are the one reading day and night, day and night, day and night. But the very, the same people, they are, not, they are supposed to recognize Jesus. They handed him over to, to the Romans. To kill him. They handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. The word redemption may be a just word for us. For the people of Israel, it's huge. It's not just a word, redemption. If you look at the history of Israel, redemption is always part of their life, they had something they were dreamed and expected, especially in, 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 in the redemption through, uh, through Moses from, uh, in the book of Exodus. You can see that one. Different places you can see the word redemption means God is intervening. God is coming. God is helping. God is dealing. God's hand is there. God is rescuing. So redemption, the word redemption for the people of Israel is something spectacular, something deep, deep, that part of their culture and their life. Not only that, this is the third day since all things happened. Some of our women went to the tomb and they said they saw this one. But the problem, they didn't find his body. That's the problem. If we fall, if, at least we, if we got the, what the body, the problem is at least resolved. We know all our years were wasted. That body is there. Um, it, Jesus was a fake one. We could have finished our business there, but there's no proof of the body. So we are stuck. Is he alive? I don't know. We don't know. Is he dead? We don't know. That's, that's the battle they have, they're having in between. Verse 25. How foolish are you and how slow of heart to believe all the things all the prophets have spoken. How do you respond if somebody is responding to you like this? How do you respond? Just imagine two people talking seriously and a third person interrupting and asking, what are you guys discussing? And listening to them, everything, then saying, how full are you? It's, it's again, Eastern culture. If you are, if you seem to like an educated person, if you are a person seems like you know the answer, you can interrupt the other one with kind of rude words. Anyway, Jesus did that one, so you can use that one. It's in the scripture. It's biblical. 
Don't try it here. <laughs> That's the same thing, you know. For example, oh, you, you know, uh, this has happened, uh, 9-11 happened, this, you know, the two buildings came down and everything. Uh, oh, okay, how full are you? I already know these kind of things. So why did you ask then? Why did you join with us? Why did you ask the question then? If you know it, what's the point you joined and asking what happened, how it happened, and everything? If you know everything, you're just mocking us. But the point is, you need to understand the cultural context, otherwise you will misunderstand the way Jesus interrupted the situation. Jesus was asking, he was trying to communicate, did Christ, did not the Christ have to suffer these things, then enter his glory? That's his point. Guys, you know Jesus of Nazareth. You know him as a prophet. You know he was powerful in words. You know, you know many things from your experience. But don't try to derive Jesus, the Messiah, on the basis of your experience, on the basis of the historical things you have experienced, on the basis of your feeling, or on the basis of the evidences you just experiences. It won't last. You need to come back to the scripture. All these things happened according to the scripture. It's not random. But you're missing the point. It's already written. It's already mentioned. It's already communicated. It's already well, well written in Jewish history, in in the scripture. The women did not remember. Peter and John, they did not remember. The apostles, they didn't remember. The two disciples, they didn't remember. Thomas, they didn't remember. So all Jesus' companions, they forgot the truth. (laughs) But who remembered? Matthew chapter 27, verse 62 to 64. Someone else remembered. Matthew 27, 62 to 24. I'm using ESV in this one. Next day, that is after the day of preparation, the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remembered how that imposter said, while he was still alive, after three days, I will rise. They remembered. All these disciples completely forgot this one, but the enemies remembered that one. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead and the last fraud will be worse than the first. It's already complicated. So seal it. So they remembered the word. But six different people close to Jesus completely forgot. Here Jesus is saying, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm here. They were missing the bigger picture. Yesterday I was asking a question to, uh, you know, just we were, uh, when I was uh, preparing for things, I do ask some of the complication questions to my wife, you know. So, when Jesus was resurrected, you know, so he stopped Mary 
Magdalene, not to touch you. No, don't, don't hold me. Do you remember that? He said, but he allowed Thomas to touch him. Okay, you, you, you put your finger and you believe, you know, you, you know. One side, he said, you know, so don't do that one. It's not about touching the physical body. Actually, I think Jesus was trying to communicate, Mary, I know you lost me very much. All you want me to hold me and to keep me with you all the time and have a great fellowship. No, that is not the point. Jesus was saying, that is not, that's not the purpose I came to this earth. It's beyond that. Not just a physical, personal, intimate, emotional response. My relationship, my plan is beyond that. So you can't, yeah, I spent time with you, had a great time with you, but you can't be in the same kind of expectation, you know, be with me all the time, then that is it. No, my plans are higher than that. My plans are bigger than that. So he asked Thomas, Believe. Because you need to understand the bigger picture. Why Jesus died? Why did he suffer? Why did he die on the cross? Is it randomly happened? All these things happened because of his weakness. Now, it's happened according to the scripture. In order to explain that, Jesus used 19 times the word Moses in the New Testament. It is written nearly 9 to 12 times Jesus used to refer his life and his prediction from the Old Testament nearly 9 times. It is written according to Moses, according to prophets, according to Psalms. He used that one. So when he was teaching, he, he was trying to take them back to the scripture. Guys, this is the way God is going to do Come on, this is the way God is going to do it. But when it happened, they completely forgot it. So here, and the beginning with the Moses and the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scripture concerning himself. Shall we say it together? Concerning himself. The whole Bible is about Jesus. He is the beginning, he's the center, he's the cornerstone, he's the foundation, he's the beginning, he's the end, he's the alpha and omega, he's everything about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's about Jesus. But they are missing the point. They are trying to understand him on the basis of the experience and some of the incident happened. But Jesus was encouraging, this is not a small thing, this is something big. After this, when you look at the teaching of the apostles, they taught the same thing again and again and again. God raised this Jesus to life. That's Acts chapter 2, verse 32 to 36. God raised Jesus to life. And we all witness of it. Exalted the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit has poured out what you now see and hear from David did not ascend to heaven, yet he said, the Lord is, Lord, the, the Lord said to my Lord, 
sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool to my feet. So the apostles start teaching about the resurrection and connection with the Old Testament. Jesus communicated to them his resurrection and his crucifixion and everything connected to the scripture. He was not trying to use the the incident happened here and there. He was encouraging them back to the scripture. Back to the scripture. That's the foundation. If you're trying to divine the divinity of Jesus, don't try to look at the incidents or the miracle. Jesus was encouraging, guys, this has happened according to the scripture. This is the pre-planned plan of God. This is the sovereign plan of God. Everything happened according to the scripture. If you know that one, you can have the confidence in the midst of all kind of chaos. Otherwise, you will be stopped. You will be struggled because you think, hmm, these things are not going well, so something wrong with God. Oh, these things are happening good well, so God is in it. So you will be confused in many ways. God, Jesus, the apostles was encouraging Back to the scripture. Then you will know it. How did these things happen? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 12 to 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul was preaching. So we just. I'm skimming. Uh, you know just. I'm skipping through some of the scriptures. So Jesus taught from the Old Testament. Apostle teach from the Old Testament. About his resurrection. Now Paul is continually teaching. About his resurrection according to the Old Testament scripture. But if it is preached that Christ has raised from the dead. How can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead. Then not even Christ has been raised. As if Christ has not been raised. Our preaching is useless. And. So is our your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witness about, the, about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. So it's, it's quite complicated, but he's trying to win the people. Guys, if you can't believe the resurrection of Jesus, that's the end of the story. There is no hope. There is no redemption. There is no salvation. There is no, nothing you can expect. Only thing you can deserve, that's, that's hell. There's no hope. So here, Paul is saying, you are, you might be struggling to believe. The first fitness, they struggle to believe. But Paul was encouraging back to the scripture. Look at this. This is not randomly happened. And if Christ has not been raised from your, from, uh, from, uh, from raised, raise, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. That's the problem. If Christ didn't raise from the dead, you're still in your sins. Romans 5, 6 to 11. You see, at 
just the right time. When we were still powerless, I, I do remember Ben read this one at, at the prayer meeting. Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for the righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. It is very, very important to reminding ourselves, why did this happen? Sometimes we can think, I know it, Jesus died for my sin. But reminding, it happened according to God's plan. According to God's purpose. Jesus is the sender of the Bible. He's the sender of everything. But when we are looking at Jesus, we are looking at Jesus in a different way from the people from the Old Testament. They were looking like, mm, this might be Messiah, this might be Jesus, this is the Redeemer, okay? They didn't see that clearly. Only thing they believed, because the scripture, the word came from God, that they trusted this is the plan of God. It was not the prophets, they have some idea, okay, Jesus is coming, the Redeemer is coming, the Messiah is coming. But our situation is different. We have experienced the King of Kings. We know Him. We know Him. He died. We know Him. He raised from the dead. From, from here, we are looking back, not to test the knowledge of the prophets, but to know Him better. To love Him better. How much Isaiah understood, hmm, he struggled. No. Our effort is not to analyze the biblical knowledge of the prophets and the Messiah. Our effort and our desire and prayer, God, you reveal to us now. Now our prayer, when we look back to the Old Testament, when we go back to the scripture, through that, when we understand that word, we can love you more, we can worship you more, and we can be all about your plan and purpose. Through that, we know that, God, you are in control. That's the effort. If you go to uh, a university, you won't get that one. You may get a biblical study, uh, some theological degree. But Holy Spirit, we need the Holy Spirit to understand the scripture. Sometimes people can think, I missed the chance to see Jesus. Have you ever felt that one? Oh, I could have, if I was living in 2000 years back, you know, I could have touched Jesus. I could have walked with Jesus. I could have hold his hand. Oh, I missed that chance, you know. Now it's boring time. No. I missed the chance, you know. Oh, Peter was, oh, he was so blessed, you know. He saw Jesus. John was with him, you know. You know, just like traveling with him and everything. Oh, I missed the chance. Just ask Peter. How did he explain that situation? If you ask Peter, Mr. Peter, I know that you had a wonderful relationship with Jesus and uh, sometimes it's messy, sometimes it's complicated, but can you describe your relationship with Jesus at that time? He will say, okay, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 to 19. 2 Peter chapter 16, verse 19. 16 to 19. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were 
eyewitness of his majesty. Listen very carefully. He was saying, eyewitness of his majesty. For we have, for when we received honor and glory from God, the Father and the always was born to him by the majestic glory. They heard this one. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. So they heard the voice from the father. One. And they see the glorified Jesus. That is spectacular. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven. For we were with him on the holy mountain. This is Paul's testimony, uh, Peter's testimony. ESV is brilliant. I, th- I, I think in that one I will go to ESV. And we have something more sure. What? You're talking about something you heard from God and you have seen the majesty of the glorification, the majesty thing about Jesus, but he's saying, no, 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 no. We have something more, more of that sure, you know. We have something, something more. We have something more sure, the prophetic word to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamb shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning stars rising in your heart. That is more important. It's great to have an experience. But Peter was teaching, not on the basis of some experience here and there. It was fantastic for him. But he was encouraging the church. You didn't miss the chance. Whenever you go back to the scripture, when you understand the mystery, by the help of the Holy Spirit, you can rejoice because you are seeing Jesus in your heart. You're with with the resurrected king. He's the king and he's the Lord. Our prayer is the help of the Holy Spirit to understand the scripture. To know him fully in order to love him utterly. To obey him completely and proclaim him faithfully. That's our prayer. God, when we look back to the scripture, our prayer to know you fully, God. You know, to love you utterly and to obey you completely so that we can proclaim you faithfully. We know it. It's not a myth. It's not a random thing. It is written. These things are happening according to God's plan and God's purpose. Jesus promised spirit to us. In verse 49 in Luke 24. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with the power from on high. That's very important. You cannot understand the scripture without the help of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it will be boring like Pharisees. They spend hours and hours, but they miss Jesus. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can see him. 
The teaching of the Holy Spirit was on of Christ's last promise before his crucifixion. crucifixion. He said, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of the truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth and he will open, he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. He shall glorify me. And he shall take of mine and shall disclose to you all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said, and he takes of mine and will disclose to you. That's amazing. Do I need to try to work hard to understand? We need to sit and study. But we are relying on the presence of God. God. Pharisees missed it. Millions miss, they missed the point. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to understand the scripture. So relying on the Holy Spirit more and more. Gospel is light. But only the Spirit can give the sight. That's from A.W. Tosa said. Gospel is light, but only Holy Spirit can give the sight. Otherwise, you'll miss the point. Let me finish a quotation from Tim Keller and Martin Lloyd-Jones. Whatever may be true of our experience, whatever may be true of the world and its darkness, whatever may be true of the seed of decay, of illness and of death that are in our bodies, and howsoever great the power of the last enemy, we can be certain and confident of this, that nothing can prevent carrying out of God's purpose with respect to us. There is no power that can withstand him. There is no might or influence that can match with him. There is no possible antagonist that can equal him. The mightiest force the devil, the death, and the hell have already been vanquished. And the resurrection of Christ is the proof of it. It's there. The world can't understand him. The armies can't defeat him. The school can't explain him. And the leaders can't ignore him. The herald couldn't kill him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse him. And the people couldn't hold him. Nero's couldn't crush him. Hitler couldn't silence him. The new age can't replace him. Because he is the king of kings. And the lord of lords. He is the ruler of everything. Jesus had raised. Just as he told to them. He would. After a criminal death. His life in jail. And fully satisfied the sentence. The law has no more claim on him. And he walks out free. Jesus Christ came to pay the penalty for our sins. That was an infinite sentence. But he must have satisfied him fully because on the Easter Sunday, he walked out free. The resurrection was God's way of stamping paid in full. Right across the history so that nobody could miss it. It's a proof. He is risen.